are the Rookie Phenom. We have an amazing show for you today. I'm your host, Coop, with my main man, Webb. What up, people? We took a week off. I have a new addition to my family. I am the cause of this. I missed you all. Webb, I'm sorry I abandoned you last week. Do you forgive me? I'm just glad. Yes, I forgive you. I'm glad you reconciled with your family, uh, who cut you off many years ago. I'm very happy that they welcomed you back. It was nice of them. I thought it was it was touch and go for a second there, but I was welcomed back in with an open arms because they're they're good they're good people. Everybody, please go follow us on Twitter at Rookie Phenom. Subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. We really appreciate that. Web, let's get into it because so much has happened. Urban Meyer's a maniac. John Gruden's a racist. Uh, Kyrie Irving's a crazy person. Like, I, this has been amazing these last couple of weeks. Are you ready for today's show? Uh, yes, I am. I am ready. We're gonna we're gonna break down all the games from Week Five. Talk a little Week Four, the crazy injuries. But I want to start with the big stories because some wild things have happened. Do you want to start basketball or football? It's up to you. Uh, let's let's start football. Okay, let's start with John Gruden. Uh, he he wrote some emails a decade ago to Bruce Allen, the former president of the Washington football team. The first ones that came out were racist towards Demoris Smith, the NFLPA president, and the Raiders did not fire him. They thought they could weather that storm. And then the NFL was like, hey, wait a second, this guy's got to go. So they released some more emails that were homophobic, sexist. He really just hit all the groups, basically. He was wild. So the Raiders... Mark, president, the owner, Mark Davis, met with John Gruden Monday night during the game, and John Gruden resigned. He loses six years on the contract, $60 million, plus he's never making another cent as a commentator again, so this is a huge loss for him. Webb, what are your thoughts about John Gruden not being with the Raiders anymore? Because you've been a huge fan of him personally and professionally for a long time. You have loved everything he stands for. Yeah, nice try, Coop, trying to throw me under the bus. <laughs> I was indifferent towards John Gruden before. Uh, I'm no longer indifferent. I do not like the person that John Gruden is. Uh, like you said, he touched on everything. This guy, he hit all the statistical categories where you want to piss off a community. He just he just was a triple-double threat there. Um, <laughs> so he's a wild boy. <laughs> he is. He's, and I'm not trying to make light of it, but he, that's, that's crazy. Usually people don't, don't offend every community there is out there, but he definitely did that over um, a span of seven years, according to Adam Schefter. Uh, so I, I thought he had to go. It was interesting or yeah, it was kind of interesting that Monday night football was when we heard that he was going to, he was going to resign from the Raiders when that's like where he built a lot of his fame um, through Monday night football. Did you hear about uh, Mike Tirico and, and Tony Dungy on Sunday Night Football? I did. That's terrible. They got it. So they came out and said, hey, we know this guy. He's not a racist. He said something stupid. It happens. It's not his character. And then the next day, the avalanche of other stuff came through after they vouched for the guy. That's tough. And I don't blame them because when they knew what, what they knew, they know him. They're like, hey, we know this guy. He was never like that to us for a long time. I respect them vouching for him because they took a lot 
for them to go out in front and say, hey, we know this guy. But you'd think John Gruden might say, hey, guys, maybe calm this down a little bit because some more stuff's coming. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, in those situations, it's one thing to say that you know him um, and, you know, you've never encountered that with him. But it's another thing to make it seem as though, you know, apologize and move on. And I think that's one of the things that Tony Dungy was saying. So I think that's why he caught a lot of flack today. Um, even though he didn't know the entire gamut of, of all the, the emails, which again, like it's, it's interesting that John Gruden was doing all this from an email. It was a personal email, but the fact that someone of his stature um, was sending this, it just shows how, how brazen it was. Um, and his apology was also just ridiculous. So John Gruden should go, but I have to admit, I don't like how all this came out, where it was an investigation into the Washington football team. So it wasn't like John Gruden did something for this to happen. Someone else got investigated, and then he lost $60 million from it. Like, and I, I don't think the emails that make the NFL look bad will get leaked. Like the collusion emails for they're leaving St. Louis to go to Los Angeles. Like those emails are never going to come out. So the ones the NFL wanted leaked get leaked to get rid of John Gruden, as they should, by the way. But the real bad stuff that they did will be kept quiet because it's in their best interests. I don't like the hypocrisy they have there. But good riddance, John Gruden, you had to go. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, the guy's an idiot, man. Like, who says stuff like that, especially in an email? Like, this guy is so stupid. Never write anything down. If you didn't learn that from The Sopranos, you weren't watching enough television, my friend. You just dated yourself for The Sopranos reference. The Sopranos is one of the best shows of all time. And that's never dating anything. They released The Sopranos movie like a week and a half ago. It was Your terrible. Man. <laughs> the Many Saints of Newark. I had no interest in watching it before and even less interest now. It was not good. It was, it was a tough look. But, uh, yeah, good riddance, John Gurdon. You shouldn't say stupid things like that. And... I think that he could have survived the Demora Smith stuff. I think he could have, he could have, Tony Dungy backed him. He's one of the most respected people in the black community. I think he could have caught past that. It was the next avalanche and there's probably an avalanche and an avalanche that were going to come. So they had, he had to go. So Do you think he could, I, he could have survived the first stuff? Could he have survived it? Not if you respect him, but could he have survived it? Well, I'll say no. Uh, on, during the halftime show yesterday, uh, Adam Schefter uh, on ESPN was saying that he heard from two teams that John Gruden could not and would not have survived it. That doesn't mean that for sure he was not going to survive it, but it just seemed like a lot of people were expecting him to not survive the the comments made about uh, Demore Smith. And also earlier, what you're saying, like I don't I don't really have a problem with how it came about. To be honest. Um, he still said it. He did it. Like, I, I, I had no issue with how it came about, whether it was a, an investigation into Washington or it was an investigation into the Raiders or Gruden himself. I don't have an issue with that. He still did it. And it wasn't, like, just a one-off. It was, like you said, like, he was a serial offender here when it came to making these these remarks, so. Oh, no, no, no. Don't get me wrong. Good riddance. I'm just saying, like, if they can go to his email, why couldn't they go to your email, my email? For Like, just, I don't like that aspect of it where we didn't do anything wrong and they investigated us. John Gruden did some stuff wrong, but they didn't know about it. They found it as an after the fact kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm saying. I don't like that part of it, but 
but I'm glad he was outed as a terrible person. That's good. That's good news, obviously. They hated his brother, so they wanted to. They hated his brother Jay. They would just want to get rid of the family, I guess. I don't know, but that, he was the that, coach. So that's wild. He was, yeah. <laughs> so he, um, I, uh, yeah. It's just the politics of it. Like I'm sure there are a lot of emails between you know the NFL brass. They're not going to put that out, but I mean that's just how it goes. Like it's just political. Yeah. It's it, you know it's political in terms of how it's how it's disseminated. I'm yep. sure there's a lot out there. Like and I think other ex players have said so, and other other uh, pundits in the NFL have said like this. This is just you know, it's not just about John Gruden, but it's also about who he was, who he was emailing and like that culture that was built of tolerating, you know, this type of language. So, yeah, it's true. I, I also think NFL locker rooms are not the most liberal places in the world. And I bet you would hear many of these same things he said. They have said, too. So I think you won't see too many players come out against what he said. Because someone might come for them sometime soon, too. Good riddance, Sean Gruden. Uh, the Raiders will probably be better now because you're a crazy person. Yeah, and the NFL also has an image. You know, they're going to they're gonna make sure that if anything comes out that makes them look even worse than they have, uh, they're going to clean it up. John Gruden called the commissioner, the guy who controls everything, a bad word. This guy held a grudge. He's like, I'm going to ruin his life. And then he did. Roger Goodell doesn't play around. Let's move on to Urban Meyer. Uh, he was in the headlines last week for a video that came out at a local bar. Uh, his team was 0-4. They had lost to Cincinnati on Thursday Night Football. And he, instead of traveling home with the team, he went to a bar and was dancing with a lady that was not his wife. The Jaguars owner, Shad Khan, came out and said he has to regain the trust of the people in this building. So there was a time there where people thought Urban Meyer might get fired. So, Webb, uh, we haven't talked about this very much. I think the worst thing Urban Meyer did was not fly back with his team from the loss. I have never heard of a coach staying behind after a game and not going with the team. Like The team will lose all respect for you if you're not there through the bad times. The, the personal stuff does not matter to me. I don't think that the locker room will care if he cheated on his wife, which we don't know he did. But if he did, I think the locker room would forgive him for that. I don't think they care really. But the not being there for your guys thing, they will not forgive that. That's That's the worst thing he did in the team's eyes, I think. What did you think about this? Uh, I think, so, like, from, like, the, the front office standpoint, I think it's about the image, and that image of him doing that wasn't, it wasn't a very uh, professional image. Um, and I don't think that's something that they wanted upheld, particularly with the team losing. I think this would have been different if the team was 4-1, and one, sorry, 3-1 and one at that time, and he was doing that. I think it would have been received differently. And the players... Are they going to be outraged by this <coughs> bunch of young guys? Probably not, uh, especially in that arena. I don't think so. But yeah, they, they probably would take him not flying back with them uh, more personally than, than the video. All right, Webb, let's move on to a little NBA news. Uh, my favorite player in basketball, Kyrie Irving. It's been back in the news today. The Brooklyn Nets general manager, Sean Marks, announced giving the evolving nature of the situation. And after thorough evaluation, we have decided Kyrie Irving will not play or practice for the team until he is eligible to be a full participant. Kyrie has made a personal choice and we respect his individual right to choose. Currently, the choice restricts his ability to be a full time member of the team and we will not permit any member of our team to participate 
with part-time availability. This was kind of wild to me, Webb. I was not sure this was going to happen. I think we're going to take this hard line of stance. I said they should do this. Were you surprised they went down this road? And is it a good way for them to go? Yeah, man, this is, to me, step one of Kyrie, we're going to trade your butt (laughs) if you don't straighten up. And this, I think this uh, uh, compelled um, KD and James Harden to speak with Kyrie. I think they're all planning to meet this week, uh, if they haven't already, and and talk some sense into this guy. and I don't, and I'm not taking a stance on the the vaccine or whatever. I'm just mean. I'm just saying in terms of him being this outlier, uh, while the rest of the team uh, wants to play basketball and, and and play as a play as a unit, and he's 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 sitting out, um, or he's sorry, he's not sitting out by choice. He's not allowed to play. But that's hurting. That's hurting the team, and and the cohesion of the team. Uh, you know. And the funny thing is, like, <clears throat> if Kyrie was more was more of an Iron Man. And you could guarantee that he could play 41 road games. I'm not saying it'll be better, but at least I could understand he'll be available for 41 road games. He's not even going to be available for 41 road games because he can't even stay healthy. And I think this is step one before uh, they trade him or before uh, KD and Harden have a real serious talk with this guy and Steve Nash. Like I think I think a lot of people are fed up uh, in the organization. But apparently, like Brooklyn has a really tight ship, and they they keep things really close to the to the chest. So you're not going to hear a lot of things leaking. Um, and that's just how Joe side the owner likes it. And um, yeah, I think I, I think Kyrie is potentially on his way out unless there's a, a total 180. So he's going to lose a lot of money, right? They're not going to pay him for this season. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. They're not paying him for half the games if he's not going to play. I don't know about the road games and stuff like that. If he's not practicing or doing anything. Because I because I believe I I think last week one of their practice facilities last week was uh, they got an exemption or sorry there was a loophole where it wasn't considered um, wasn't considered a gym it was like an office building or a private yeah. office facility so it didn't fall under the the the, the definition of, of of gym or public space or whatever it was so um, yeah but I think they're just done with that they're not accommodating him anymore. And they shouldn't. They are 1,000% right to do this. They should have said it a, m- a month ago. Hey, Kyrie, if you don't get vaccinated, you aren't going to play with us all season. You're going to lose a lot of money, and you're going to be done here. And I think that maybe would have, if they said that a month ago, and they could have said it to him privately. If it was public, he could have spent this month getting vaccinated, getting a second shot, and been ready to go for the season to start. Like now, he's behind the eight ball. And the season starts in a week. I think they need to trade Kyrie Irving today. Like, he has to go. Because talent-wise, he's one of the, what, best 15 players in the league? And this guy just not being on your team all season is ridiculous. If Kevin Durant is okay with you saying, hey, you're not going to play all season, why wouldn't he be okay with you trading him? I think Kevin Durant's the only reason you haven't traded him yet. If he's okay with one, He'll be okay with the other. Kyrie will be happy because he won't need to get vaccinated. It seems like it's a win-win-win for everybody just to get him out of the building. You might not get the return you want, but something is better than nothing at this point. That's how I see it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think we both said it a few weeks ago. Like They're going to have to look into trading him, and you're right. They're not going to get dollar for dollar. Um, But this team is deep enough that I think even without Kyrie, they can make a – a, a, a good run 
towards the finals. They almost did it last year, but Harden wasn't 100%. <clears throat> and Kyrie was also hurt as well. Um, but if they can get some players for him, I think that'd be great. They have to look into it. And, and this would be, it'll be pretty interesting uh, if they do trade him just because of the precedent that it sets. It'd be a very, very, uh, uh, you know, sort of unfamiliar territory that teams have been in. It'd be the first, I think, of a star player not refusing to be vaccinated. And that's the why, that, that's the main reason why they're getting traded. Um, so that'll be interesting. I think it's, I think it's just a, a dicey subject, very sensitive, very delicate sort of thing. And I imagine that the, the Players Association is going to step in at every point in time they can. I don't think they will. I think the Players Association is done with this stuff. I think they lost so much money when the salary cap with the games not happening that they're like, hey, if we're getting the games and he's the only guy that's trying to screw this up for everybody, because if you're not vaccinated and you get sick, you don't get paid. So he's he could screw up for everybody. So why risk that? Why risk losing games? It just, I think people are done with it. If they lose a game, an important game against the Lakers in December on Christmas, and Kyrie's not there, it's a close game, he could have helped them. The guys on his team are going to resent him. They're not going to want him back. Losses bring resentment. And he's really good. So they're going to resent him not being there for his personal choice. That's just how things are. I resent Webb all the time for things that don't matter. These things matter. So like this is gonna this is gonna be in a, this is gonna matter to this team. I think Kyrie's done in Brooklyn. I really do. I'm not ready to say he's done yet. There aren't many options really. It's either he gets vaccinated, returns to the team. You know, fortunately for the states, they have the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, so it's just one dose, and that whole thing can. Um, can be over with quickly but according to reports like he's very like he has the personality to be an outlier and to stand up for his beliefs and he has no problem he's not andrew wiggins uh who will concede uh very quickly like he's not going to do that he, he has no problem being on an island by himself and and i think the only things to do is to trade him or get KD to talk to him, KD and Harden and Steve Nash to convince this guy to take the vaccine. Like, I think he's past that. I think there's no convincing him at this point because they could have already brought the best doctors in the world to explain it to him. It's in his brain. He's not going to change his mind. Like, I think, yeah, you're right. I don't, I don't see him being like, Oh, I didn't know this fact. Now I'm okay with the vaccine. I think he's past that. And, and I agree with you. I, I don't think at this point, I don't see what doctor could change your mind. If, you, if you're still having doubts, what, yeah. whatever there is to, there's no doctor that's going to tell you, hey, in however many decades, you'll be, you'll be fine. I don't think any doctor can do that. Yeah. Okay. The, the Washington professional football team, Ron Rivera had one of the guys who created the, the vaccine, an African-American man, come in to talk to the black players that were skeptical. And apparently that had some, that had some good. And I would say, hey, maybe do that with Kyrie. That could help, but I don't think he'd listen to that guy either. I really don't. I think he's in his own world, and I would be absolutely shocked if he played another game in Brooklyn. I really would be shocked if he did. Yeah, I'd, I, I would, I would be surprised if they could really bring in someone because I don't think I think it would be different if Kyrie or or some of these players went to med school and they have some truly nuanced questions that aren't in the mainstream media. Really, like 
deep diving into medicine, what is it that, what questions are still outstanding that Bro, doctors are going to... He thinks the earth is flat. There's no questions he's going to ask that are good. Right. Like, if he thinks that, what's he going to do? Like, he watched a YouTube yeah. video from a guy who thinks the earth is flat that told him the vaccine is bad. That's what happened. And that's right. what it is. Yeah. And just, there's, I think he is a man of his convictions, no matter how wrong they are. He's going to lose $35 million for those convictions. And that's just what it is. So, yeah. Yeah. good luck to the Nets. Well, but guy I don't hate as much as Kyrie, because I truly do hate Kyrie Irving. Ben Simmons, who I, I've hated and then not hated for a while. <laughs> he showed up to play in Philly again. Apparently, the Sixers were unaware Simmons was flying to Philadelphia. The organization was in constant contact with his agent, Rich Paul. But Simmons simply showed up at an arena to take his COVID test prior to the Sixers' next trips. And that's when team officials knew he was in town. So it seems like Ben Simmons has caved on his demand to be traded and not show up. He got fined. I want to say $360,000 for missing a preseason game. The team withheld $8 million of his $33 million salary. So he thought the team was just going to keep paying him. And the team said, no, we're not doing that. You don't show up, we're not paying you. And that changed his mind a little bit, Webb. He caved under the pressure, showed up. I think he still wants to be traded. What do you think this means for Ben Simmons and the 76ers going forward? Hoop, I don't know. I think a lot of people are quick to jump to conclusions and say, oh, this thing's on its way to being repaired. I didn't think that. Both of us came on the show. Both of us were on the show a few weeks ago and we were saying there's no way Ben Simmons is holding out. And lo and behold, he showed up. He's not going to hold out. So he's either going to be with the Sixers and they trade him. Um, it's an untenable sort of environment. So I can't really see him staying there long term. And he doesn't have the Kyrie persona to to withstand all the hate and be the bad guy. I think from reports, what they say, he's he just doesn't have that. That's not him. He's not Jimmy Butler who can totally, you know, cuss off the entire team <laughs> or, 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 or be willing to force his way out through those public means. Um, and bet on himself, and he went to the finals the next year. Good for him. But um, sorry, that was a couple years later. But uh, I think it means that Ben Simmons will be their opening tip, or they will trade him. But he's not holding up. I have a theory. I think they were trying to trade Ben Simmons, and they were getting terrible offers. And Daryl Morey said, "Hey, with you holding out, we're never going to trade you because everyone knows we need to trade you. You have to show up. People need to think you will play for us." So we can trade you. And Ben Simmons finally relented. He's like, you know what? You're probably right. I, I have to take, I signed a five-year contract. I have four years left. I can't really afford to lose this money. I have to show up so I can get traded. I think this actually makes him being traded more likely with him being in the building. Because now teams say, well, he's willing to play. He won't sit out. He does want that money. If he gets traded to Oklahoma City, He's already proven that he wants to get paid that $35 million this year. He's not willing to lose that money, which I think is important to other teams around the league. So I think this is means he's more likely to get traded. It just might take a little bit. This thing with him and Embiid is really awkward. They both said some things. I think they grin and bear it for like three weeks, and then he's gone, hopefully, by Christmas. That's what I think is going to happen. So uh, Sam Amick of The Athletic and, and uh, uh, Shams, uh, say that the trade deadline is going to be February 10th, most likely. I don't know what this thing is going to look like, but the thing with Ben, this is the thing I said a few weeks ago. Even if you trade for Ben Simmons, let's say OKC does it, or some random team, 
there's no guarantee he's going to want to stay there. As much as you have him there for another four years, that means nothing in the NBA. Guys force their way out regardless. If you're if you're a star, quote unquote star or a superstar, you can force your way out easily or get a bunch of people fired easily. You get so much autonomy. It's 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 kind of crazy. But it didn't work here. Ben Simmons tried that move and the team was like, no, we don't care. And no, then it failed. His his try to do that failed. I think the difference is that normally when we see it happen is during the season. I think if Ben Simmons makes a stink about it in the during the season, there's too much time. There was the offseason. We weren't seeing Ben Simmons. Plus, he had played so badly in that last playoff game. He needs some time. He needs he needs to string together some triple doubles. We need to see him in our faces. He needs to go back. He was second in in voting for a defensive player of the year last year. He was my pick in the preseason to be it. Um, but he was second in, in in the league. Sorry, in voting. He's still a good player. Um, he needs to put together an all-star campaign this year. We'll remember about him. And uh, all those guys like Jimmy Butler, uh, Anthony Davis, uh, James Harden, they all forced their way out like during the season. Harden was kind of like around training t- camp. And then he was paying like crap for Houston in the beginning and going to concerts and going to Vegas and doing all that other stuff. If he does this in the season, they'll trade Ben Simmons quickly. I don't think they will. I think they've proven that they are willing to stand to Ben Simmons. He's not on the level of those other players. He's not a superstar like that. They'll say, hey, we're going to save $30 million. Okay, we'll deal with it. Because you were no-show in the playoffs. So it's not like you're really going to be hurting us by not playing. Because you no-show all the time. I think they're fine with it. They called his bluff. Daryl Morey called his bluff. I respect that. I think... I think I have a point, but I also think Philly is a tough city to play in. Really, they, they like Broad Street. Like they, they, they oh, go he's hard. Getting, he's getting hit with some batteries for sure. Ben Simmons is. is getting hit with batteries. <laughs> he is, but also I think the fans will also try to um, light a fire under the organization to get rid of him. I don't think the fans are going to be cool with the organization letting this man sit on the bench. Does Ben Simmons have a nickname? Benson. Uh, not that I know of. I'm sure he has one on the internet. I just don't know what it is. Energizer Bunny. It's pretty good. That might stick. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna that's gonna work. I'm gonna check. Uh, basketball <laughs> Reference always has players' uh, nicknames that I've never heard of. So Shaq gonna... ones were wild. The Shaq ones were crazy. Yeah. I. I'm sure Ben Simmons has some. Uh, some nickname. Oh, he does. He has like five, man. What are they? He has, he has six nicknames that I've never heard of. Fresh Prince. Terrible. Peacemaker. Worse. Benny. It's just his name. The Yank. What? Big Ben. I mean, maybe they've called him that, and I thought they were talking about Roethlisberger. But I don't know about him being called Big Ben. And you ready for the last one? Yeah. The Wizard of Oz. Those are the worst nicknames I've ever heard in my life. It's not even close. <laughs> According to basketballreference.com, these are Ben Simmons, his, uh, his nicknames. I've never heard of one of these for him. I think I've heard them call him Big Ben before. But that's also terrible since he's already a Big Ben. And yeah, that's like, and it's, it's been 20 years of Big Ben. It's one guy. Like, let's yeah. calm it down. Yeah. 
no one's associating Ben Simmons with Big Ben in sports. Sorry. That's so terrible. Oh, my God. Well, Ben Simmons, uh, good luck when the season starts. I will not be drafting you in fantasy basketball, which means I most certainly will. <laughs> you are 100% taking Ben Simmons in fantasy basketball. If he's around in round five, you tell me you're not taking him? I was, I was going to say round six, but round five is going to look real tempting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, round six? Buddy, he's gone in round six. There's no way he's there. I hate myself because I know I'm going to do it. Like, I just know I'm going to do it. I'm so mad at myself already. You like that that 15, 8, and 8. It's too tempting, man. I like the 8, 7, and 7, actually. It's more like what could be. We're <laughs> <laughs> being honest. Zero, zero threes. Just tank your free throw percentage. God. I hate him so much. <laughs> okay, Webb, let's go to some football. Uh we're going to break down some games. I want to talk about the crazy amount of injuries that happened this week first, though. Uh, everybody got hurt on the Giants. Saquon Barkley had a really disgusting ankle injury. Daniel Jones carted off the field with a helmet-to-helmet hit. Kenny Galladay got hurt again with his knee. Kadarius Tony just got ejected for throwing a punch. Uh, the Giants are t- are screwed, right? Like this, these are really big injuries for this team. I don't know how they recover from this. Saquon was their offense. This is bad. Yeah, well, I mean, there's not much to recover. The team was bad, but uh, the Giants looked good in that first half. They looked good. There was a chance they could have been in that game. Yeah, there was, and then everything went to hell. Yeah, the Chiefs lost Clyde Edwards-Helaire. He was put on IL to IR today. He hurt his knee as well. Tyreek Hill had a knee injury. Travis Kelsey had a stinger. Joe Thune, their big price free agent guard, fractured his hand. Apparently, the Chiefs might trade for Marlon Mack now from the Colts. Like, the Chiefs have been bad this season, and these injuries could really hurt them going forward. This is crazy, Webb. What do you think this means for the Chiefs? Uh, to be honest, I think Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey will be fine. So I think they'll play this week six coming up. Uh, the O-line's not the problem so much for the Chiefs. So, like, I'm not saying Joe Tooney's not going to be missed, but hopefully he comes back. I don't know what the timeline is for a fractured hand. See how f- they, they range so much in the NFL. Some guys play through it. Some guys are out for, like, months. They just, they just wrap it up a lot of times, right? So, yeah. Yeah. I think they have some guard depth. They have Kyle Long and Duver- uh, Tardif Duvernay, so they could be yeah. okay there. Yeah, yeah. Stingers are weird for Kelsey. I've seen a stinger have a guy miss for like six weeks. Yeah. I think they've missed. So I think Hill's fine, but this was just a crazy week for injuries. Joe Burrow had a throat contusion, which I can't, I don't even remember one guy ever having that before. Who was the Sorry, guy that Greg had now. that? Now. That's, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that was <laughs> terrible. On Detroit. Yeah. He had like a crazy. This, he finished, they both finished the game with like a torn throat. Like, this is nuts. Yeah, that's. Uh, you know, I've seen Joe Theismann's injuries. I've seen, um, oh you know, some some bad injuries. Dak's injury was really bad. There were a lot of injuries. Uh, uh, was it Shaq Griffin? I don't remember who it was who broke their forearm on Seattle a couple years ago. I don't remember a Seattle one being too bad that I saw. Yeah, he, uh, I think he intercepted the ball and was landing and just, just his, his forearm was oh, disgusting. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I, yeah, I remember. Yeah. I think that I was him. Was. Okay. I think it was Shaq Griffin. But I remember the, yeah. I remember you talking about it. I remember yeah, I was I was bad. Yeah, uh, I was real bad. Max Williams, Max Williams on the Cardinals or tight end was carted off the field with a lower right leg injury. 
Taysom Hill got concussed on the Saints. Juju Smith-Schuster, season over with a shoulder injury. Like These are big-name guys that are just gone, and we don't know for how long. With Juju, we do, but like this was one of the worst weeks for injuries I can remember. And, and Jair Alexander, you mentioned, right? I did not mention him yet, actually. How uh, Did he leave the game? For sure. He's, he's on IR. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, but yeah. this week he didn't get hurt. He got hurt last week, right? I thought it was this game. Jair so. Alexander? I thought it was during... You could be I correct. It was, I, I, could honestly, be. I don't remember. The point is, listeners, he's hurt now. <laughs> he's hurt in yeah. general. Kevin King got hurt this week in they get their game. Right. Their other cornerback. Right. That's what yeah. I knew. I, I, I'm trying to remember if Jair played or not, but I don't not recall. But no, you could be I right. Watched the game. I watched the game, too. I don't remember. Um, there's the, I think Green Bay signing. Uh, they signed a corner today. Don't remember who it was. Quentin On the Dunbar, ball. Dunbar, I think. Quentin Dunbar. Uh, I do not think Jair Alexander played this week. Just checking the stats now. He did not play. Okay. My bad. Yeah. No problem. Uh, I just want to point that out that a lot of injuries happened this week to the fans. I think the no training camp has started to take effect. These guys, a lot of injuries are happening, man, because these guys are not conditioned for these violent games anymore. They took the time off, and now it's hurting them. I think it's going to be even worse going forward. I think we're going to have a tough season for injuries this year. Oh, yeah, and, and not to mention guys like Ben Roethlisberger, who has a hip and a shoulder, and basically every part of him is banged up. He's one play away from going on IR himself. Uh, he got hit in the game and took him a long time to get up. A lot of guys who are just banged up and like playing through it. Yeah, for sure. It's tough, man. Football is really violent. And they used to have a training camp that was really intense to prepare you for this violence all season. And they have collectively bargained that this time will go away. They'll have less and less time in pads, no violence in training camp. So when it starts happening, you're not used to it and you get hurt. And I get why the players did not want that in training camp. I would not want to get hit in July and August either, but I think it's going to affect them and it's going to affect their money going forward. I think you're going to see teams want to guarantee less and less money because of this, because of the injuries that are happening all the time. What do you think about a guy like Juju who's on a one-year deal, played like, I'll say crap, uh, this year. What does his future look like? He's still a young guy. He's like mid-20s. He has to leave Pittsburgh and do another one-year deal next year. That's what's going to happen. Or he's going to have to sign for like three years, $15 million. Yeah. Hope for the upside. But he's not getting a big deal. If he couldn't get one when he's healthy, he's not getting one coming off an injury and a down year. So, it's over. Like, I don't think Juju gets a big money deal for at the earliest two seasons, and I think it's probably more than that. Yeah. I... I was a huge fan of Juju. I honestly thought he was going to be that guy after Antonio Brown left. And Try, I tried to warn you, Webb. <laughs> I was alone on an island there. <laughs> I am. I was way off on that. I am wrong a lot, but that was the <laughs> one I was like, "This one, this one, I knew." <laughs> I am often wrong, but that, that's when I got right. I was like, "I don't see it," and uh, I'm going to brag about that for the next twenty years in our relationship, Webb. <laughs> Let's move on to some games, Web. I want to talk about some football games. I do not think we need to discuss every game this week because some of them were trash. Let's talk about some big ones. Uh, for our picks last week, uh, we haven't discussed our week four or week five picks. I've killed Web both weeks. 
Uh, last week, week five, I had the best week in this show's history against the spread. 12 wins, two pushes, two incorrect. Honestly, I, I forget how good I am at this sometimes, Web. Do you want to, to crown me now or later? When do you want to put the crown on my head? When's that going to happen? I assume you bought a crown. Could be liar. <laughs> week four, you did terrible. You did terribly week four, but last week you, you did well. Week five, you did really good. Really well. Oh, I said week four, I beat you. I did not say I did well. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was, I was very clear. I was like, week five was great. Week four, I beat Webb a little bit. <laughs> For the listeners, week four, Coop beat me by one game. We were both under 500, and Coop beat me by one game. But week five was bad for me. Um, <laughs> I w- it was real bad. I was, I'm not surprised I did this poorly. Like, it was bad. But Coop killed it, and he did well on the straight up. I was Domination. I was okay. Domination, son. Like that's the, a, a broken clock is right twice a day. No <laughs> way that's happening again. And that's 100% why I bragged about it right now. Because when I'm terrible <laughs> next week, I want people to remember this. It was a, it was a bizarre I'm very consistent. Day. It was wild. It was a wild day of football. It was a, yeah, it was yeah, wild. It was bizarre. It was didn't make sense. No. Yeah. Did not. Let's talk about the, two, the Thursday night game really quickly. It was your Rams against the Seahawks. Uh, the Rams won 26-17. Russell Wilson dislocated, sprained one of his fingers. He had surgery the next day. He's out for a month, at least. Rams looked great. Geno Smith came in, looked pretty good for a little while as Seattle's backup. What was your takeaway from this game besides Russell Wilson being hurt? Yeah, it was a good game. Um, that was a huge takeaway. Russ not returning was crazy. He's an Iron Man. I think he's the most underrated QB of the last 10 years. Definitely the best quarterback in that 2012 draft. Uh, hands down. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I think the takeaway for me was the Rams look vulnerable. Um, and the Rams running game is actually better than I expected. I think, I think that was a huge takeaway for me. Seattle is in real trouble. They can't generate offense on the ground. Chris Carson was out, but they don't have contingencies. It seems, uh, the team is very thin. Uh, Geno Smith is your backup. <sighs> He played a good game. He drove them right down the field and scored a touchdown immediately. He did. He played a good game. Obviously, he's not getting a lot of reps. And for him to do that, that's great. Um, my guy, Robert Woods. Wow, what a game. Game of his career, it seems. I have a theory about quarterbacks like Geno Smith. Pretty high draft picks. It's all about the situation on the team you go to. I think there's like seven, there's maybe 10 guys in the league That'll be good no matter where they go. And there's like 22 guys that could be good or be bad depending on where they go. I think Geno Smith in the right situation could be good or he could be terrible. There's a huge range there. I think there's a lot of guys in that talent range. Like Ryan Tannehill going from bad to good with just a different coach. Maybe see like, oh yeah, some of these guys are just have bad coaches or their coaches made them look good and they're not that good. I think that's for a lot of these guys. And I think Geno Smith falls in that camp of a guy who could look good in certain situations or could look terrible in a completely different one. So I have hope for Geno Smith. That was, that was a good breakdown. That's that's fair. And, and Tannehill, who, I mean, the jury's out on him this season. 
but he's definitely looked really good two of the past three years or since coming to Tennessee, he's looked really good for sure. I think guys like Kirk Cousins could be really good or bad, depending on where he is. Like Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes, those guys are always going to look good. Yeah. But there's guys that, like two tiers down from that who are just average-ish who could be good or bad. I think there's a bunch of guys like that. Yeah. And you just have to find the right guy and the coach to make him look not bad. Yeah. Kirk Cousins has looked like, at least to me, top 10 quarterback this season. I think it's the first time I've ever actually felt that. Matt Stafford, right now, for you. You've hated yeah. him for a decade, and now he's like yeah. top three in MVP. Different situation. That's all. Like, yeah, we'll we'll see if he continues that throughout the year. But <laughs> yeah, he's he's looked he's looked great uh, for most of the year. Like like all these high draft picks at quarterback have similar athletic talents, arm strength. They can run. They can do these things. They all they all have the same stuff. It's the effort they put in and the coaching situation around them, the team around them. Like if you told me Geno Smith had played as well as I think Sam Darnold, I wouldn't be shocked. Or if he played as well as Mac Jones, who was a high draft pick, I wouldn't be shocked. I'm like, that makes sense to me because athletically those guys could be the same, same tier. And and even someone like Matt Ryan, who uh, is not as good of an athlete as those guys, but has shown to be MVP sometimes, but also Kyle Shanahan, MVP, Kyle Shanahan's gone. Average. That's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. All the situation you're in. Matt Ryan's actually a great point to prove why I'm me and you are right about this. He's the ex. He's the guy that to show like you can be an MVP or you can be below average, depending on where you are. Yeah. And he, uh, I don't know. But yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I'm going to skip the Jets Falcons game because I don't care. I did not watch any of that London game. I was not waking up early. I did not do it. I watched every frame of this game. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. What? I watched it. Why? No. Uh, well, I was up. It was it was Canadian Thanksgiving. Well, some how some people celebrated Sunday. Some celebrated Monday. Uh, but you know that day I was just up early doing stuff, and I was like, let me watch the game. It's so nice to have a football game on at 9:30 a.m. Eastern time. It's nice. It 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 just feels like it literally feels like all day football. When it's a good football game, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. I, I was not doing it. I went to a wedding the night before, and I was like, I'm not getting up for this game. There's no way I was doing that to myself. <laughs> you you missed nothing. The game was not good at all. But but because it was in London, it was nice because it's in a neutral uh, environment. So there was cheers coming from both sides. It wasn't just Atlanta dominant or, or, or Jets dominant. So it was, it was cool. The crowd was into it. The game was not good at all. Um, it was nice to see Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts put on a show, man. He was great. He was really good, and 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 Cordero Patterson was good too. It was it was wasn't a good game, but it was it was fun to have football literally from nine a nine thirty a.m. Eastern all the way to like eleven thirty p.m. Uh, Eastern. Kyle Pitts had nine catches, one hundred nineteen yards, one touchdown. So that's a good game for the. Hopefully, that's his breakout game because he's been pretty mediocre so far this season. Yeah. No, but it was good, man. He looked good on the field. I hope it's his breakout game because the Saints, sorry, the Falcons can be decent if he's involved a lot. I believed them in them this year way more than you did. And I've looked foolish because uh, they've been bad, Webb. I was like, they got a shot, and they did not have a shot. So hopefully they, I look a little smarter going forward, but I have my doubts. 
their best weapon is Cordero Patterson. Like, I mean, consistently. I don't mean as a player. And I'm and 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 he's a he's like a hybrid. It's hard to figure out what he is. He's been in the league for so long. GMs and coaches couldn't figure out how to how to use him as a weapon. But he's their best weapon. Not Calvin Ridley. Not not Kyle Pitts. Not Mike Davis. That it's says bad. something about Atlanta. It's bad. It's not good. It's not good, Web. I'm I'm out. I'm out. Let's move on to a good game. I think one of the best games of the day. Packers and Bengals. The Packers won 25-22 in overtime. Mason Crosby missed like 15 kicks. The Bengals kicker also missed like 14 kicks. This was a really fun game. Joe Burrow looked pretty good. Rodgers played well. And it was just so crazy how many kicks got missed this week. I think I'll remember this game as the kicking game more than anything else. That was my biggest takeaway. Also, Devontae Adams had 11 catches for 206 yards, which is a wild stat line. And your worst draft pick in the, in the draft this year, Jamar Chase, had six for 159 in the touchdown. Jamar Chase is looking, making us look real dumb because I had him as my number two receiver and you had him as number 15. This is tough, Webb. In, in fairness to us, and yes, you're right, Jamar Chase has looked great. The chemistry him and Joe Burrow continue to have in the pros uh, is something I didn't think would be so quick and seamless. Um, he's looked great, and he's always alone. Like, you just see the man alone. Wide open, always. Always. Like, it's insane. But, yeah, he looks really good. Um, and that connection to have, you know, to be honest, uh, uh, Tua and, and Jalen Waddle are the only other QB receiver duo to have that that connection from before, right? So Jamar Chase kind of had a leg up, right? One more. Who else? Hertz and Devontae Smith and Philly. Oh, Jim. Okay. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, right, right. Uh, okay. Well, sure. Well, then it, it, it makes sense that even Devontae Smith has looked that good. He's He hasn't looked good, as good as Jamar Chase, but he's looked good as well. Uh, so I think that, I think this is going to become a pattern now. You're going to try to reunite more than before and maybe uh, uh, take a leap on some guys by having that rapport already. Like, these, these guys look great. Imagine seeing that for the next 10 years. I think, by the way, we could still be right about the Jamar Chase thing. 100%. Because Joe Burrow did get a throw contusion in this game because of no protection. So it's possible that him having a better offensive line would keep him healthy, and maybe the Bengals would be doing just as well, if not better. That's right. just the point. You were not wrong saying, receivers like shouldn't be taken in the first round. I'd make it funny a little bit there. That's a def <laughs> that's definitely a valid point. Like I agree. Jamar Chase has been excellent, but a better offensive line might have helped as much as yeah. Jamar Chase. And I and I just want to like qualify what I said. It's not that the receivers shouldn't be taken in the first round. When you're a developing team and you have a high draft pick, I don't think you should spend on a receiver. The Baltimore Ravens who had multiple picks in the first round and took Rashad Bateman that's the opportune time to do it. They're already an established franchise. It was a late pick in the first round. I'm cool with it then. I'm fine with it then. But Cincy that has like glaring issues with pass protection, uh, number five overall should not be taking uh, a receiver. But it has been entertaining to watch them together. I'm rooting for them. I love Joe Burrow. I like him playing well. It's been a lot of fun. But yeah, I think the kicking from this game, man, the kicking was insane in this game. The wow. Cincinnati kicker celebrated after he missed a kick. He thought he made it. He hit the flag yeah. once. 
hit hit the uh, goalpost. I there were I think there was it, five missed kicks in this game. It was terrible. I mean, it was it, it was fun because we got to see overtime, but the since the, the Bengals should have won this game. I'm not a Mason Crosby fan. I don't trust him at all. I know I know you kind of like him. I don't trust him at all. So I wasn't surprised that he missed Crosby. So we've had this conversation before. And apparently he had made like 23 of 23 kicks before these misses. And because of these conversations, I always think he's terrible sometimes. Like he does this. And apparently he doesn't because he was so good for so long. And then he has these screw ups, like four of seven. McPherson was 0 of two. Like this is crazy in one game. And it didn't look that windy. And and I think I and I think I remember hearing that same stat that you're talking about. But to me, this is where like eye test and analytics clash. And that's why I'm like so much more on the eye test than I am, because I'm sure there's a bunch of people out there that are gonna tell you, for example, LeBron is more clutch than Kobe. But you remember watching Kobe in those moments, you want him taking the shot. Just like this. Mason Crosby might be a very accurate kicker statistically. But in these moments, I remember this man wetting the bed. I don't care if he made 55, 55-yarder 55 field goals in a row. <laughs> I don't trust this guy at all. He's going to blow it. I don't care what the percentage is. I don't trust he, him. He won the game for them last week, didn't he? He made the last second kick to win the game last week. He did. It was two weeks ago. I, I, I get. Him. I get why you take eye test over analytics because you don't know math too good. So that makes sense. That's that's just... <laughs> Which is reasonable there. It was, it was two weeks ago against San Fran. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, surprised you got the number right there. Uh. <laughs> I'm just saying, if if it comes down to it, and Aaron Rodgers needs to win a playoff game because of Mason Crosby, yeah, Mason Crosby's missing that field goal. I don't care if it's a chip shot, or <laughs> or if it's the shot to 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 break Justin Tucker's. Uh, record. I don't trust him for any of them. I don't trust him for an extra point. That's crucial. Nothing. I want nothing to do with Mason Crosby. I think you just hate him because his name is Mason, which is the reason. Which is a valid reason, by the way. It's a terrible <laughs> name. Oh yeah. Also, the the extra points that were missed, in addition to the field goals, that was crazy. Not just this game, but on Sunday. All the, I think there was over five or six extra point misses this week, which is crazy. That's. The NFL moved it back. I think it was from 22 yards to 36 yards or 39 yards because they wanted more misses. Yeah. And they're getting them now because these are crazy. Yeah. Those were givens before. And now they're like 50-50. It's crazy. Have you messaged me about this game after. Vikings versus Lions. Vikings won 19-17. The Lions were up with 30 seconds left. Their coach went for two to take a one-point lead. Over Minnesota. Minnesota then drove 45 yards in 30 seconds, kicked the game winning field goal to make Detroit 0 5. Detroit played pretty well and they still lost. And their coach came out and had a press conference. Well, what was your takeaway from that press conference? Uh, I didn't understand why Dan Campbell was crying over that game. I really didn't. So I messaged you and I said, Why is he crying over this game? He's an emotional man. He bit some kneecaps and didn't work out. So he started to cry. <laughs> My my thing is this, and Coop, honestly, we need to institute like a like a, a a pass or something in our in our spread competition because Detroit, sorry, Minnesota was up sixteen six, and it's not my fault that these 
guys allowed <laughs> 11 straight points from Detroit. There's no way I could predict that. It was 16-6. I was feeling so nice choosing Minnesota to cover the spread. And then I and then I looked and it was Detroit was up. It made no sense. We're gonna get to the Colts game later. They were up 25 to 9 in the fourth quarter and lost that game. Okay, Webb. So these things happen. And uh God, I hate the Colts. But yeah, back to the back to Detroit. I feel bad for them, man. Dan Campbell seems like a nice guy. I'm rooting for him to get a win. Like they try so hard. Like I want I don't want to see him cry next week. I really don't. Win something. All right, who, who who gets a win first? Detroit Lions or my fantasy football team? We're both losers. Um tough tough one. Who is Detroit playing this week? That's a good question. Do you know? They are playing the, the Bengals. And your fantasy team doesn't matter. You're losing no matter what. So probably the Detroit Lions still, but I don't know when. Like week five, week week ten maybe? They'll get a win. They can't go 0-16. Like they have no, some no. players. Oh, they're gonna 17. get a win. They're gonna get a win. I think they're gonna get a win. Yeah, yeah, your fantasy win. team might your fantasy team might go winless. So <laughs> that's not happening. Awesome. I'm definitely getting a win. I don't care. Uh we'll we'll see. <laughs> so they have so the the Lions have Cincinnati. The Rams and the Eagles to close out the month. Oh, jeez. Maybe the Eagles. Yeah, Maybe. I could see that. I could see but, Cincy. I could honestly see them beating Cincinnati. I'm not going to lie. It's possible. But the Lions in the last three weeks have lost on two last second field goals, one of 65 yards and one of 55 yards. Like, this is terrible luck for this team. They've been winning with zero, one second on the clock and they lost both games. That sucks. Good luck for yeah, them. But- I don't feel bad for them because it's been consistent that they've been trailing in all these games. Lead a game. Sure. They couldn't, they couldn't score a point on Chicago at half. And Chicago's a good defense, obviously. But you gotta you, you have to play four quarters of football, man. Yeah, that's true. It's, I'm rooting for Dan Campbell. That's all I'm saying. I'm rooting for him. I hope they get a win soon. I want to talk about the Browns-Chargers, which was the game of the weekend. 47-42 for the Chargers. The Browns were up pretty heavy for a while there. Chargers fought back. The guy I picked to be MVP this season, Justin Herbert, looking real good right now. Three, almost 400 yards, four touchdowns. Mike Williams had two touchdowns, 160 yards. Baker Mayfield even passed for over 300 yards this, this game. Two touchdowns. Uh, Nick Chubb is the best running back in football besides Derrick Henry. Thank was, you. He was incredible. That. He was incredible. Amazing. He's the most underrated running back in the league. Uh, yeah, probably. He is excellent. And because Kareem Hunt's there, he doesn't touch the ball as much. He's not involved in as many passes as he used to be. But he's incredible. That's even, uh, to me, that makes him sound even better. With a diminished role, he doesn't even get all the snaps. He would look even better, I think. It helps him and it hurts him. He's not taking the toll on his body, which could help him. He's getting less chances. I think you can see good and bad there, but he's been incredible. Sure. But Brandon Staley, the job he's doing, man. This Chargers team is incredible right now. They're when they're four and one. They're they look like they're gonna win the AFC West, which we we thought Kansas City had a lock on that division. And they are not scared of Kansas City at all. I think Justin Herbert is top three in the MVP vote right now, playing incredible. I think this team is gonna be there. I'm not sure they're the AFC championship game, but I think they make it. They win a playoff game this year. That's how good this team is. They're incredible. I'm very impressed with the Chargers. And the Browns impressed me too. They did not 
They didn't quit, man. They were involved. They kept fighting the whole game. It was a really fun game. I love watching this game. Yeah, this was a great game. Uh, I think this this said a lot early on. I'm going to be web and pump the brakes on the Chargers just because that's what I do. And uh, I just take a moment to think. And I think the Chargers have definitely overachieved. You chose uh, Staley and, and Herbert to win awards this year. Um, and the Chargers to win 12 games. I think I had the Chargers winning like nine or 10, nine or 10. But I just want to, I just want to, uh, I don't want to coronate the Chargers AFC West champions yet. I'm just looking at their schedule. I think the Chargers have played well. They lost to the, sorry, they, they beat the Washington football team. They lost to the Cowboys. They lost to a Chiefs team that I think right now is trying to figure itself out. They beat up on the Raiders pretty badly. And then they came from behind against the Browns. I don't know. They beat the Chiefs. Yeah. Did I, say, did I say they lost? Yeah. Sorry, sorry. I sorry. I meant they beat a Chiefs team that doesn't really didn't okay, really play yeah, itself. Yeah. Sorry about that. That makes more sense. Sorry. They beat the Chiefs. Um, I don't know. I think Justin Herbert's been playing very well. I just don't know if I'm sold on the Chargers yet, and I don't think the Chiefs are out of winning this um, division. I think the Chiefs just have a little bit of work to do. They're two and three. It's early. Mahomes had a bad game. I think the Chiefs are going to run off some some wins. I think they're going to they're not going to run the table, but I think they're going to be very good over the next six to seven weeks. And this will be a thing of the past. We're going to get the Chiefs in a second. I'm excited. But the Bears versus Raiders. The Raiders were in a mess because of the Gruden stuff. I think they basically quit on him. But I was impressed with how Justin Fields looked. Didn't throw the ball much, but I think he did enough. He controlled the game. I like Justin Fields. I think he's going to be really good eventually. I think he might need to lose Matt Nagy, but I think he's going to be a good player. So I didn't watch too much of this game, but I was not surprised with the outcome. You were right. You gave the Bears more defense, more credit than I did. And the Bears defense is looking like it's, I want to say, it might be a top five defense. Maybe they, I don't think they've allowed an opponent to score more than like, I don't know if they've even allowed an opponent to score 20 points this whole season. Like they've been really good. And with the whole John Gruden thing hanging over the team, I wasn't surprised that the Raiders came out um, and, and, and performed in such a lackluster fashion. Uh, I said 100% that the Vegas Raiders were going to the playoffs after they were 3-0. and uh, Yeah, I don't know. I'm still going you know, to say that they'll, they'll do well, but now they have a new coach. Or sorry, their special teams coach is their interim head coach now. Derek Carr, I don't think he's ever recovered since Joey Bosa put the beating on him and got it to his head. He also got hurt temporarily in this game. It's just it's, it's just bad. This needs to be cleaned up. Derek Carr has been really good this season, mostly for this game. But I think having Gruden gone will only be good for his career. Because Gruden is a wild man coaching this team. He never makes you feel comfortable that your job is safe. Every year in the draft, the rumors come out that Gruden wants this quarterback. He wanted Kyler Murray. He wanted to trade up in last year's draft. He's always these talks that he wants someone else. I think with him gone, that stops. And Derek Carr can just be the quarterback of the Raiders. I think his game will improve. I don't think Gruden is some inventive head coach that's taking football to the next level. He's really old school. I think him being gone from this team will make the offense better, honestly. I really don't think... He was putting them forward in any any major way. Yeah, um, I agree with you. Uh, 
yeah, it's it's tough. Like this this franchise has had some tough breaks lately, and I hope they find a coach that can you know really exude what they feel is Raiders culture. And uh, I don't know, man. I'm really disappointed in the Raiders. Like after that three zero start, they have looked really bad the last couple of weeks. Really bad. They crumbled, man. They had three easy games. Not easy, but easy-ish. And they looked great. And then John Gruden said some stuff, and the team quit on him. And that was going to happen, because John Gruden says some stuff. Keyshawn Johnson's been all over TV for years saying, John Gruden's a bad person. He's a, he's a fraud. And now he's back on TV saying, I told you guys this for years, and no one believed me. So I am not shocked that his team was so willing to quit on him if they'd been treated like this. Because if someone's nice to you and they do something bad, you'll stand up for them. Like, ah, you know what? He's been my yeah, friend yeah. for years. He's been a good guy. Like Tony Junji stood up for, for Gruden because they were friends. He's been nice to him. But if you hate someone and they do something bad, you cannot wait to pile it on them. You take pleasure in it. And that's what's sure. happening now with Gruden. He's been terrible to people for decades. And now the chickens come home to roost. And, 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 and just as in an update, it, it seems that uh, Tampa Bay has removed John Gruden from the Buccaneers ring of honor. They just came out with a statement. So this guy is just being like purged. They're just, they're just sanitizing the entire league from anything to do with John Gruden. Um, I mean, rightfully so like this, this clearly shows a mindset that he had since 2011 and it wasn't just one email. It spanned seven years. Uh, yeah, he's, he's radioactive, man. Like, I would like to see where he goes after this. It's not going to be anything related to the NFL. Barstool. Or ES- yeah. He's going to Barstool. Okay. Or Fox News. You think FS1 will take him? No, not Fox, Not FS1. I said Fox, Fox News. News. He will be on Fox News giving sports takes on the Tucker Carlson show. That's where he's going to be. Yeah, he doesn't have much of an option. No. And Aaron Rodgers just came, just came out against him as well. Against Gruden. So, yeah, he's done, man. Like, it's he's not coming back. It's over. Yeah, like not even on as a commentator for ESPN or CBS or NFL Network or Fox or anything like that. So, I don't want to say he's done, done because he could do a redemption tour. He could volunteer at Glad. He could do some things where he could say, "Hey, I, I've learned from my mistakes. I'm sorry. I've done these good deeds to fix what I did." And then maybe someone could say, "Hey, you know what?" He's put in the work. I just don't see John Gruden as willing to do that to come back. But I, he didn't kill. He, he didn't kill somebody. So I think, like, if he did some stuff, he could come back. I just don't see him doing the stuff to come back. I think. I think you would be right if it was one in one mistake, maybe two. This is seven years of emails from his personal email going to that. Like it wasn't even like it was like a couple months. This is this is a mindset. This is. This is what he feels or what he felt for seven Se- years. Directed his whole life. His this whole life. Seven, like, this is his whole life. This is his whole life. If it was one incident, one conversation, one text message exchange, it's different. But this is this is not just this is just bigotry. Like <laughs> every every community he's offended, and, and and it wasn't just a tirade that he had. Like it was private emails. This is, this is what he felt. I think he's 100%. done in the NFL. I think he's done. I think he's likely done. But I'm saying I could see a day. Like, I thought Mike Vick was done. He came back. 
He did some work, came back. One I've thought, incident. I thought, got, yeah, but it's a bad, bad incident. incident. But Yeah, but it was, you can look at that and see it's an outlier. This was a pattern. Ray Lewis had an uh, incident with a limo driver. Yeah. Put that, put that behind him and came back. Like, things have what? happened with people's lives where we thought they were never coming back. They've come back. Actors have, have been canceled. They've come back. I'm just saying, I wouldn't be completely shocked if he came back eventually. If he did things to, like, if he really apologized, meant it, did some good works, I could see people, him being forgiven because of the relationships he has at ESPN with the NFL. Actually, maybe not, not the NFL. Goodell hates him, so he's done there. But at ESPN, <laughs> maybe. Like, if he I don't see it. really, I don't think it's likely, but I would not be absolutely shocked if he did a redemption tour. You know, you know why I don't see it? Because of the close relationship with ESPN and, and, and the NFL. It, I think it'll be political at the end of the day. I think it's going to be like, yeah, we want to bring back Gruden. Oh, yeah, well, that's going to screw up negotiations for the next, the next to, deal. To, to be clear, I don't think he should come back. Yeah, I, I know, just wouldn't I be surprised if he did come back. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. We've, we've seen this before. People have been canceled for 20 minutes and then come back. Like, it happens. But this, but this is different, man. Like, to me, this is different. Cancellations usually are like, like even like Michael Richards. Is it Michael Richards? Yeah. Kramer from, from Seinfeld. That was one thing caught on tape. And like some, some people even stood up for him. Some comedians were like, he's never really come back from that, really. He was on curb for a little bit, but yeah, not really. Yeah, but still like. Dave Chappelle keeps getting canceled for the things he says. And Netflix keeps giving us specials. And he's said some things. Kind of along the lines of Gruden said. Like, he's in that but he, boat. But he doesn't and get canceled. I'm saying, you some things you don't get canceled for. He, they tried right. to cancel Dave Chappelle, and he was like, no, nah, we're good. Let's get the movement. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. But, like, yeah. And, 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 and I think the difference with Dave Chappelle and the other stuff is Dave Chappelle's been blatant about it, whatever he's been saying. <laughs> These are not things. These are not emails and text messages. <laughs> We're not finding things secretly that Dejapal said. Dejapal is out in the open saying, "Yeah, that's." A so I think that's a difference. There's no like, you don't have to dissect it anymore. Yeah, that's true. I, I'm just. I wouldn't be shocked, man, if in four years he's hosting a show on Amazon Prime. I wouldn't be shocked if John Gruden had really? that job. That was. Shocking. I don't think. I don't think it's likely. But I would give it like a 5% chance he's back on TV in a couple years. 5%. It, for me, it would have, like, for me to see that happening, there would have to be something like life altering that happens to the John Gruden where, like, people feel sorry for him. I can't 5%. see, like, <laughs> I can't see rich John Gruden. I don't see it. Do you see it perhaps happening? I can't. I just think there's no way. I would be shocked. OJ Simpson is a TikTok star right now. Yeah, but he didn't, no one's banning, like that's him doing his own thing on TikTok. But is he getting endorsements? People watch, people watch it. I'm saying John Gruden could watch, like people will watch John Gruden if he gets, goes somewhere and someone can be desperate and they'll give him a job. Like, wouldn't you want to see what John Gruden says next? If he was unfiltered, I'd be interested. (laughs) No, no, I, the only thing I could see him, Maybe like serious satellite yeah. radio, maybe, or like you said about um, um, Tucker Carlson. <laughs> yeah, something I like just, that. Maybe I won't be shocked, man. I I think 
people have done worse, like criminal actions and come back from it. So I don't think this is the one thing that'll end it. Like we've seen people do really terrible things, violence against women, like really bad stuff, come back. Ben Roethlisberger has been a quarterback for 20, 20 years. Like things happen and they get swept (laughs) under the rung later. Like, yeah, well, I'm saying, well, don't be surprised if, People call for Ben's head soon. When so he's getting canceled, yeah, maybe. Yeah, if when he's getting, you know, uh, his Steelers Ring of Honor, all that other stuff, there will be talk for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, we got two more games. I want to talk about the Sunday night game and the Monday night game. Bills and Chiefs. Uh, the Bills lost to the Chiefs twice last year, AFC Championship game and the regular season. The game was in Kansas City. And the Bills beat the brakes off them. 38-20. Josh Allen, 300 yards, three touchdowns. Mahomes was uh, not very Mahomesian. He had two interceptions, 270 yards. He was the leading rusher on the team with 60 yards. It seemed like every throw Allen made was for like 55 yards. Like He just kept, kept making long plays. He had a long throw to Diggs. I think he had two long passes to Knox. The Bills are for real, man. They beat Kansas City in Kansas City. I was very impressed by this. Very, very impressed. Josh Allen's the real deal still. Yeah, they beat up on the Chiefs. I'm I'm not really ready again to uh to count on him. Sorry, to count on the Bills as the team. They tend to disappoint us, but they here's my thing. I think this game was more important to the Bills than the Chiefs. I think the Bills had this circled on their calendar more than the Chiefs did. I think the Chiefs are kind of lost right now, but I'm not giving up on them. And the Bills just, they wanted this way more. Patrick Mahomes had a bad game. I thought this was going to be the, the game of the week. This game was kind of kind of boring, man, to be honest. Like, just the way how they were beating up on them. Over quick. And, uh, yeah, it was over quick. And, uh, and, 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 yeah, like, I think the Bills wanted this more. They needed this more. And come playoff time, it's going to be interesting if these teams match up because they do match up very well together. New Orleans beat Tampa Bay last year in the regular season. And then Tampa Bay beat them in the playoffs. So I'm not saying this is over by any means. The Chiefs are out. But I think it was more important for the Bills. You're right about that. They really needed this win to kind of prove that they are in that upper tier of AFC teams. Yeah. I was impressed, man. That Buffalo defense is for real. Yeah. They and picked off Mahomes twice. Like they were really good. They were flying everywhere. That surprised me because I was kind of down on the Bills' defense, but they they did very well. They're they're, they're one of the top defenses, and the Chiefs are they're in trouble in terms of like they need to figure this out quickly. But I don't think they're done. They have no running game, uh, they have no defense, and they're just getting exposed. And they have two pass catchers. That's it. They don't have like no one else is reliable other than Tyreek and uh, and Travis Kelsey, Travis Kels, whatever his name is. Well, I have a very serious question for you. Okay. Before the season started, like after last season, you were like, I am done on the Chiefs. I am out 100%. They're going to not make the playoffs. Eight wins. You were alone on this island. It was. They made some signings, and then you caved immediately. How good, good would you feel right How good would you feel right now if you were still on that island saying the Chiefs were not going to be good? <laughs> you would look like a genius right now. And you caved like the coward you are. And I just want the world to know. If you have any regrets about that, uh, no, because they made good signings. They made, they changed their offensive line in like two weeks, and I was like, "What the hell?" 
And I was saying it. You're right. I was saying it the whole time. I was like, the Chiefs are not going to be good next year. There's too much going on. But I based it more on a, a bunch of things, including Mahomes' uh, toe injury and surgery. But I'm not. I'm not. I'm a little worried. I'm not panicking if I'm like a Chiefs fan. I think they're going to right the ship. I think Mahomes. You just need these games sometimes. You need to get punched in the mouth. Uh, you need to kick in the teeth. And 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 let's look look at their their opponents over the next few weeks. Washington, Tennessee, week seven. At the Giants in week eight. Packers week nine. Vegas week ten. And the Cowboys in week eleven. I think they can win five of those six games, if not all six of those games. Based on what you've seen with the Chiefs, you wouldn't think so this season. But I think they will ride the ship. We shall see. I think as of right now, they are at best the third best team in the AFC. And I think the Bills and the Chargers are clearly above them as of right now. Chiefs will get higher. But right now, they are clearly at at best third. Baltimore might be ahead of them too. Hey, the Chiefs look real bad, man. No running game. No. They kind of had a committee no. last year. They might bring in one of your guys, uh, Marlon Mack. Yeah, it's not bad. Good. Let's get to that game, actually, Webb. The Monday night game, Baltimore versus Indianapolis. The Colts were winning twenty-five to nine going into the fourth quarter. Somehow lost in overtime, thirty-one twenty-five. Uh, Webb, real quick question for you: Is Lamar Jackson a good passing quarterback? Usually. Uh, <laughs> that is the correct answer. <laughs> he was 37 for 43 for 442 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions last night. That is one of the best games in Monday Night Football history by a quarterback. He also ran for 62 yards. By himself, he put over 500 yards of offense on this Colts defense. That was supposed to be a strong unit. Uh, Jonathan Taylor had uh, like a 75-yard touchdown catch, and that was about it. Michael Pittman had a great catch. But this game was about the Baltimore Ravens making the Colts' defense look pathetic. Matt Eberflus, the Colts' defensive coordinator, should be fired. That was embarrassing. Uh, Carson Wentz should be cut. Frank Reich, you can go too. Get out of town. I'm done. Wait. I'm done with this team, Webb. What did Wentz do? He was born. He irks me. I thought Wentz had a good game. That was his best game of the season. Congratulations. You didn't play terrible once. Like, (laughs) he had 400 yards. Great. Good for you. You couldn't end. The fourth quarter, you had chances. You you started with 25 points. And you ended with 25 points. Congratulations, (laughs) Carson Wentz. To be honest, um... So I think I think they scored. I think they had twenty two in the fourth because they scored three. So they put up some points. And it, sorry, your, <laughs> your kicker, man, your kicker is the issue, or your kickers, I should say, your kickers, because you have like sixteen and you don't know who's who. A what dork to do with from them. Georgia. God, I hate him. <laughs> he had a hip injury. The punter made a kick for some reason. They're like, "Hey, sorry about that." And the kicker ran on. Like this team is terrible. I am it, furious at the, at its, how it's built. We've spent six draft picks since 2019, top two in top two rounds on defensive linemen, and we traded a first round pick for DeForest Buckner. We are 32nd in quarterback rushes. We don't attack the quarterback at all. They are terrible at this. They spent considerable draft assets to get better at this, and they're incapable of doing it because this team is bad. 
It's actively I, bad, and I hate it. Your team is not good. I'm not gonna lie. But that one and four easily could be a two and three or a three and two. Yeah, but it's not. <laughs> and like like that that Rams game could have gone either way. Um, I thought that uh, that Titans game you were in it for a bit, and and, yeah. and that Ravens game you. I mean, I'm saying you should have won, but you didn't. You did really miss that field goal at the end of the first half that got called back. So I don't know how to view it. I, mean, I view it as a loss. The game we should have won. <laughs> we should have beat the Rams. We should have beat the Ravens. We should have beat three and two. And we did not. Because this team is cho- they're choke artists. That's what they do. They choke. They're terrible. If Carson Wentz plays okay, the defense plays bad. The defense plays good. Wentz plays terrible. Like, there's no consistency on this team. And I say they clean house. I'm done with this roster. I hate that I have to watch every game because it's a nightmare for me, Webb. I hate it. I hate it so much. Yeah, Colts football is not fun football to watch at all. And you guys, you have a very, like, dynamic uh, running back in Jonathan Taylor. But it's... To to be fair, Wentz gets touchdown for a long touchdown pass to Michael Pippen. That was a terrible throw. He underthrew him in double coverage. And Michael Pittman, which went up and got it, made a great play. But Carson Wentz gets a touchdown pass for that. It was a terrible throw. That's it true. was bad. That's true. And it should have been a pick. It should have been an interception. But Pittman just outjumped the guy. Two guys. Like, yeah. I think he caught it against the defender. I, yeah, um, he jumped over like, ah. Well, yeah. It's great. And, and I, loved, I loved the flea flicker that you guys ran. That just amounted to nothing. The double flea. It was three of them. Yeah, and then yeah. Wentz just threw it away to nobody. Just threw it away, yeah. I was like, well, this was a waste. Yeah. You think? The whole Carson Wentz era in Indy has been a waste. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Sorry, man. All right. All right, well, let's end it there. Uh, we'll be back Thursday with some NBA talk. We're going to do a very deep dive on the season preview for everybody. I'll be back on Thursday giving some NFL picks. I am hot as hell right now. Web is cold as ice. So if you want to win some money, follow me there. Please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify. Go follow us on Twitter at Rookie Phenoms. Web, anything to add before we get out of here? Do not say anything about the Lakers, please. Uh, Lakers did not look great in the preseason, but it's the preseason, so no one cares. Uh, hockey is back tonight. I'm very Ooh. excited. I have two games on the docket. I'm very excited to see how a lot of these teams look, man. Like, very excited. Nobody cares. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a great night. We out.